Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Chalet Girl. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed without having seen the film, just be aware that this podcast contains plot spoilers. Enjoy. Hello, hello. Evening. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Have you ever stripped wallpaper? I have, yes. Pain in the ass, isn't it? It's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to stop at, um, have you ever stripped, but we all know that that <laughs> We all be... know that I've stripped yeah. multiple times. Many times. Wallpaper, I mean. Yep. For money. Yep. For coins that I threw at you. I put on sex bomb and then I get my wallpaper stripping gear out. <laughs> I dance around stripping wallpaper. That song, good grief. Well, we actually, we put on um, <laughs> Heart 80s on the radio. The actual real radio with adverts and everything. Um, oh, I see. Wow. While we were doing DIY today. And it was it was pretty good. There's a notable absence of, um, I just died in your arms tonight, <sighs> which is a shame, but. It's true, it's true. That should be on every radio ever. Yeah, but did get Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, that's know. good. So it's not all bad. But yeah, did you have one of those like steamy machines? This is just getting worse, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of stripping are you talking about this time? <laughs> Whichever um, one your mind would care to <laughs> indulge in. Um, I don't think this is Big Boys Don't Cry After Dark just yet. <laughs> um so uh yeah no, we're not we... quite at episode 69 yet but it's it's coming up <laughs> yeah we had one of those um one of those steam things to help steam off the wallpaper um thankfully that the house we're in now didn't have any wallpaper whatsoever it was just paint paint everywhere um but yeah my family home did have wallpaper that we replaced and um yes it was a faff yeah i love the um the little the wallpaper stripping machine with the it's like a steam pad connected to a tank of hot water. It definitely looks like a murder weapon. <laughs> I know what you mean. It definitely does. You're right. Like if they if they made a new version of Cluedo, or or maybe even like a '90s version of Cluedo, it could be in there because the machine is actually from the '90s. We borrowed it from my father-in-law. Oh right, okay. Then yeah, it could be a Cluedo, uh, Cluedo murder weapon, couldn't it? Yeah, DIY Cluedo. It could be what? What else would be in the nineties? Nineties edition of Cluedo. You've got um, a very large TV aerial. Yeah. Uh, beaten to death by a VHS tape. Yep. A, a big stack of Smash Hits magazine falling <laughs> on you. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Uh, beaten to death by a Britpop band. Or an assortment of Britpop bands. Yeah, a sort of murder on the Orient Express where they the Britpop bands where they all just crowd around. Yeah. They're, they're all just kicking you in a carriage. Whilst jingly guitar plays. Yeah. Brett Anderson's hanging back though. He's not part of it. He 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 ain't got time for that shit. 
No. But maybe he was the real murderer after all, because he was the one that instigated it. Exactly. He he just he just said something casually. Let the Blur boys do the rest. Yeah. Th- though Blur all look like murderers, definitely. <laughs> blur now. I mean, where Blur back in the day just looked like young boys wearing their parents' clothes, and they went straight from that to looking like murderers with nothing in between. I mean, it's true actually. Pretty much every like sort of fashion the fashion sense of the sort of early to mid 1990s in in britain it was it did just look like you're a kid who got into your parents wardrobe Mm -hmm. that's all it was it's quite impressive baggy jumpers yeah baggy jumpers baggy jeans weird stripes oh yeah all the weird stripes so yeah (laughs) the weird stripes isn't that (laughs) a two-piece two-piece band Ah, uh, the White Stripes. What a band! I I sort of quite liked the first couple of albums, and then they felt like they sort of tailed off. But yeah, they um, the White Blood Cells is a really good little sort of bluesy garage rock album, and then um, that did very very well. But then the album after that, Elephant, was the one that sort of propelled them to stardom overall. Um, and then after that, they just started getting weirder and weirder, I suppose. Because they released a couple of albums, I think, after that. And then they went their separate ways. And Jack White went off doing his assortment of other projects. Yeah. The the raconteurs. Oh, uh, yes. The raconteurs who had that one really good song. And, uh, and that was about it. Yeah. It had a riff, that song. I yes. remember. Yeah, let's just reminisce about indie bands all day. Let's not talk about <laughs> Chalet Girl. Welcome to IndieCast. <laughs> is, is, well, is that because you want to reminisce about good bad, good bad times, or is it just that you don't want to talk about Chalet Girl, Paddy? Well, if we talk about Chalet Girl, we'll inevitably have to talk about the wombats, and I'd rather not. <laughs> not the cute animal that's kind of like a beaver, but a bit angrier, but still, still cute. The band. Yeah, the, the band, the wombats. Um, terrible band name. Didn't they? Can yeah, awful band out. name. Like, might as well be called the Flying Squirrels or <laughs> the Voles or the, the Naked Beavers, Mole Rats. The Naked Mole Rats, yeah, or the Muskrats. But was it the Wombats that were taken under the wing of Paul McCartney? What? That's that sounds unbelievable, but also believable. Because they're they're from Liverpool, and I think they're from the Liverpool Performing Arts School. Right. Let's see. Yeah, right, you are. Okay. McCartney offers to produce the next Wombats album. That's 2008. 2007. The Wombats. We played a song about a whore to Sir Paul McCartney. Isn't that like <laughs> that's in the enemy? Isn't that the most kind of late 2000s enemy headline ever where it's sort of trying to be a bit edgy like Vice but can't quite bring itself to be truly rude? <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. Um, so they, they released an, an album um, this year. Oh, really? Wombats. Beautiful People Will Ruin Your Life, it's called. Can't argue with that sense. Which is actually quite, that's quite a good album name. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they've grown up. Maybe they're all right. Uh, let's have a look at, they've got some very good, um, very good song titles um, on the new album. I'm just having a look through now. I have no idea about the quality of the music, but uh, they have a song called Lemon to a Knife Fight. Um, another called Dip You in Honey. 
<laughs> that sounds like a Def Leppard song. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Gonna dip you in honey. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> also, Black Flamingo and Cheetah Tongue. They're actually all of these. All of these songs sound like they could be an eighties, an eighties hair metal song. Actually, yeah, they've definitely. all got that feel to them. Maybe they've just become Def Leppard. Oh, that would be so good. Which would be fine. Def Wombat, but Wombat with two Bs. <laughs> Wombabat. Wombabat. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I, I will. I don't remember liking them very much. Did they um, not play in a venue in the town where we went to university while we were at university? I think I think they played around all over the place, didn't they? But they, they did that Let's Dance to Joy Division song, which I really, yeah. really disliked, but everybody else seemed to adore. That is a silly um, song. Yes. A silly um, I, and cheap song. I did not appreciate it. I, it. It sits in the same category as that I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair song, where it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a cool back to old music that makes young people feel like they have more knowledge of music than they really do and makes old people feel young again by noticing a reference to a modern band. I think I'm just I'm surprised that that never got taken to its logical conclusion and that maybe we should be the people to do it. And we should release a song called Let's Dance to Gregorian Chant. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be like a, you know, a peppy pop song and then in the middle it just stops and it has this has this like Gregorian chant breakdown. That a a dubstep Gregorian chant breakdown. Yep, that's what it needs. That's the formula for a hit. Let's dance <laughs> to Gregorian chants and oh. dance more. <laughs> All I want to do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we could only go back as far as Mozart. You know. They've still yeah. got a few hundred years on Joy Division. Yeah, come on, let's do it. Yep. Let's dance to Mozart. Maybe and we could get the show band. a lot of heart. Oh, yeah, see, the show writes itself. <laughs> you just need to come up with some jingly guitar, Paddy, and we're, we're in. We could get Paul the... McCartney will be calling us up and saying, guys, do you want to do, do an album? Yeah. We could get the band Camper Van Beethoven involved. Is that is that an actual band? That is an actual band who are quite good and oh. have a fantastic name. I think that that's one of my top ten band names for sure. Camper Van Beethoven. Yeah, I, that's that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, I highly recommend it. But they don't appear in the film Chalet Girl, sadly. They do not. They do not. No, the Wombats do. I think it was the Wombats, wasn't it? Like that's actually them playing in the club. Yeah, they're the people playing, aren't they? Yeah, and then they're in the chalet with with Johnny Boy. And he plays like four bar chords on a guitar that like anyone could play. And then the guy from the Wombats is like, hey, you want to join the band next time? And he's like, sure. And then that's like he has dreams of being a rock star that are only kind of shoehorned in so he can have an excuse to dislike his Tory parents and get with the snowboarding skater girl. She was a skater girl. She said, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't quite have the same ring to it, does it? Sadly not, no. Um, yeah, well, I think they were being kind of disingenuous when they said, come join the band. I think it was more of a tongue-in-cheek. You think they were trolling? Thing. I think they were trolling a little bit. I couldn't um, tell. Yeah, I think they were, I think they were trolling. So, so in general, Paddy, what did you think of Shelley Girl? I thought it was okay. There's, there's plenty to criticise about it, <clears throat> which you easily can. But 
it sort of it charms you against the odds, doesn't it? It's, yeah. I've I've seen it once before. Um, I think it was uh, around Christmas, uh, like um, a family gathering at the end of the day when everyone was very tired and sort of put it on and fell asleep halfway through, but then woke up to find her winning a snowboard competition. I was like, okay, yeah, that's good. Why not? Um, I think that, yeah, it's it's sort of very cheap and very silly, but it's sort of affable at the same time, isn't it? You can't, it's hard to hate it. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the best way to think about it is it, it almost feels like um, a an american tv movie but made by brits yeah is, is the best is the, is the best way to think about it um because it, it it is clearly quite sort of low budget um and in terms of like the way that it's filmed and it's pacing and everything like that it feels much more television based than like a cinematic experience um kind of like a cheap version of bend it like beckham yeah. and it yeah. has that same kind of focus on sport and the the finale being more about the sport than the romance in spite of it being framed more as a sort of uh, uh, a a character driven piece yeah the tone of it is actually not dissimilar to wills and kate the movie is it no that's true yeah and the number of the sort of scenes actually actually sort of in my memory have blended together so there's a bit in Wills and Kate the movie where I think they're on a ski holiday or in some kind of chalet and he does a weird karaoke thing to her yes, in front of all yeah. their friends and it's really embarrassing and strange and awful. But in my head, that scene was in Chalet Girl and I kept waiting for it to happen and then it never came. And I was like, what? Oh yeah, right. It was in Wills and Kate the movie. See, it has it has a very different... Um, it, it has a very different feel from most of the films that we've watched and it does have that television-esque feel to it um, and, and I think it was quite telling that the, the trailer that showed after it for us was um, was A Christmas Prince yes the same same here um, yeah. Uh, and yeah it was uh, it was like oh okay yeah that's kind of what we were marketing it to and it is i did feel a bit strange watching this movie at this time of the year i think my choice of it made sense when we chose to watch this film but it did feel a bit weird watching it not at Christmas time. Yes, it definitely feels like a film for Christmas when, I mean, your guard's down at Christmas, isn't it? Your, your, your critical faculties are ruined by too much turkey and port. You know, you're, <laughs> you'll watch any old rubbish. Your, 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 your blood has far too high a gravy content. Um, your arteries are filled with pigs in blanket and, <laughs> uh, and you're there just on the sofa like struggling to open a Terry's chocolate orange as Chalet Girl comes on. And and that's where this film would be in its element. Yeah, you're right. Watching it in the summer was quite odd. Although I'm glad that the temperature has dropped. Yeah, I, I, I did appreciate watching it on a kind of miserable-ish day. So um, I do want to like to think that your choice of this film contributed to that. Yes, yeah, I think so. Because... I mean, I cho- I chose this movie because it's so snowy that I was hoping that it was going to help Paddy and I cut like cool down a bit just through osmosis of seeing all the snow on screen and then being able to deal with the, the, the terrible heat that's been everywhere in this country. But in fact, by watching this movie, we actually brought down the rain, which is, you know, healing up people's gardens across the country. So you can thank us for this, Britain. Yeah, you're, um, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, th- thank thank us. Send in some thank you notes. Yes, yeah, please for... donate to my GoFundMe. <laughs> Check out my SoundCloud. Check out our SoundClouds, <laughs> which we do actually have. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean our rap SoundClouds. 
Oh, rap SoundClouds, yeah. We've got some yeah. fierce mixtapes out there for you. Yeah. Chalet Beats. So so in terms of, of Chalet Girl, um, it's kind of a strange film because there's quite a lot of, like recognizable faces in here and obviously you've got felicity jones who's now a superstar um and and it and it didn't happen very soon after this movie so this movie is 2011 even though it feels much older yeah it feels like um, a lifetime ago because it's still pre-netflix and stuff isn't it at this point at least in the uk market netflix was a dvd only service am i right yes yes you're right it was it was you send off your you send off for dvds and then they send you the dvds and then you send them back yeah or in the uk we had love film yes yeah we had love film as well which went the way of the dodo (laughs) yeah um but but, yeah did the dodo get bought by amazon and stripped of its assets (laughs) that's exactly what (laughs) happened to the dodo um or rather love film um had its natural habitat um disrupted by uh a- external animals like pigs um and and human interference that then dis- uh, disrupted its mating habits eventually leading to its downfall are you calling jeff bezos a pig well yeah <laughs> <laughs> not because of this but because his company has terrible business practices he is um, definitely a pig and he should give more money to people than he needs because he has a ridiculous amount of cash that he doesn't deserve. Yeah. To his workers and to all people, really, to be honest. He should even give some money to Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. Be- Bezos is sitting here quietly on his money that he's made off the backs of workers who work in some of the worst conditions in the, the modern world. Um and is just quietly there earning loads and loads of money. And our, our our pal Elon is out there saying stupid stuff and deflecting all of the blame for bad billionaires across the world. So, you know, Elon Musk is kind of a hero. Yeah. Yeah, if Bezos was the one on, like, incoherently shitposting on Twitter and calling people paedophiles, he'd be the one taking all the heat from the billionaires. But yeah, Musk's out there, dude. He's he's the shield. He's the human shield for all yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the hero that billionaires <laughs> need, but not the one they deserve. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you get the hero you deserve. <laughs> we um, we accept the hero that we think we deserve. Yes, and 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 yeah. So like, lots lots of people kind of give Amazon a free ride, in spite of the fact that particularly their um, their warehouses in Wales have been criticised by by people who care about workers' rights for the unbelievably poor conditions that people are in. But hey, people get their books a bit quicker so it's fine and it's a bit cheaper so who cares if it's you know destroying the lives of people who are in desperate need of work yeah it, who cares if their workers are living in tents you know yeah um yeah amazon's a not a nice company people it um, is not think about that the next time you consider um you know buying something there rather than going down the shops and getting it for a quid yeah. more you should if you're going to watch Shelley girl you should go down your local apollo video and rent it from there Go down to your local blockbuster. Did you did you have an Apollo video when you were growing up? No, we had a blockbuster in Crawley. Ah, oh, yes, I think I have been in the the, the blockbuster in Crawley, which is now a little, I believe. Oh, but that's that's the way of things, isn't it? <laughs> Everything is a little. Yeah, Apollo video really was very very good. There was one in Chessington that was huge. 
It just cool. it felt like it had everything, even though obviously it was by today's standards of how everything on demand, it was a very limited selection. But it had so much stuff that I knew, even if we went there every week, we'd never get through it. And even that, the scale of that <clears throat> really stuck with me. And I think now, yeah, people growing up are just so used to knowing that they'll never be able to get through all the content that's out there. But to us as kids, I think it felt like there was like content was finite, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. And 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 it, it it's a bit strange that we're that rare generation that saw both the old way of seeing films and the new way. Because a lot of kids growing up will never have any idea about how a blockbuster operated mm. um, and how that kids kind these of rental days, service. But at the they, same time... They don't know they're born. <laughs> back in my day, we had to go to an actual building and then pick out from a limited selections of films... And then we had to pay for that film for two days. And we you had to rewind it when we finished it. <laughs> Imagine that, having to and rewind the film. And we were happy. Film. Or you got one back, you got one out of Blockbuster and the previous person hadn't rewound it. So oh, yeah. <clears throat> it was on the credits. And then you had to rewind it and like look away so you didn't see what was happening in the film. It's bloody disgraceful as well. Yeah. Was. But if you tipped the Blockbuster man a, a halfpenny, He'd do it for you. <laughs> uh, and you used to pick up popcorn at the Blockbuster as well. Yep. You could get your popcorn, you could get a bag of minstrels. Yep. Yeah, it was everything there. Yep. And we used to rent games from there as well. And, yep, and games. And they used to do really good sales of video games that had sort of gone past their rental period as well. So you used to be able to pick up very cheap games. Yeah. Where you'd have to blow on the cartridge to make it work, but it's still good. Although apparently that never actually made any difference. Really? Yeah. We, we always used to blow on the video game cartridges. Cause, I, you know, I always did. Get yeah. the dust out. Yeah, but apparently it, it did not make any difference whatsoever, which I don't personally believe. I think whoever said that's lying. Whoever said that just has it in for people who grew up in the 90s like us. Yeah. And is a bad person. Yeah, get out. So, so... Shallow Girl is kind of a film that you would see on a shelf in a blockbuster, really, isn't it? You could quite happily imagine this in, like, 1998 in a kind of tacky cover, because I think the film did actually have quite a tacky cover. It had a very tacky cover. I remember seeing a poster for it um, back at the time, or I think at the time, well, we didn't live back in Chessington at the time, but I remember distinctly seeing a poster for it on the side of a phone box in Chessington and laughing at it and thinking, that looks terrible. Yeah, it, it had like a really bad cover, and you could you could just imagine it in one of those dodgy like VHS sleeves that you used to get. It's um, a chalet girl in like pink century gothic. Yes, yeah. not. <laughs> it looks like a child made it, and there's like glow around all of the characters and everything like that. It's really yeah, you can really imagine it on on the shelf there, and it's the kind of film that you'd pick up for a Saturday evening and like watch it and be like, oh okay, well we kind of have to watch it now. And and it does have that kind of feel to it. It doesn't. It, but there is there is like a quality here. That there, there's something about it that makes it entertaining and makes it compelling. And and part of that's to do with the cast, I suppose. So so Felicity Jones is really good in it. Um, she's she's clearly the standout of this film, and she's got a lot of charisma behind her character and puts quite a lot into what's not a particularly strong story. Yeah, I she's, think it's she's charming. Um, but you're you're sort of compelled along by her character in the film. But then you've also got people like Bill Bailey, 
um, you've got Brooke Shields, you've got Bill Nye. All the um, Bills. All of the Bills, um, who all sort of like add this little bit of extra charm and pizzazz. You've got these people that either Bill are Bryson. very successful. <laughs> Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman. <laughs> Bob the Builder. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't fix this one. He could not. Um, and, but 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 there's all these people that have a certain level of, of of charm to them. So Bill Nye, obviously, kind of, he gives a suitable Bill Nye performance. Bill Nye film. plays Bill Nye. Yes, and, I, and it's he's there to say occasionally funny, sort of sarcastic, witty remarks to someone to make things sort of okay. Yes. What it's a shame that it didn't end with him saying, "Let's get pissed and watch porn." But you know, <laughs> you can't have everything. That would have been a very awkward thing to say to. <laughs> and also, I'm not sure who he would be saying it to because I think he was on his own in, at the end of the movie watching it on television. Oh yeah. So he's just saying to himself, "Let's get pissed and watch porn." <laughs> <laughs> Might not be the kind of method they were going for with this movie. Um, Strangely not, no. But but, but yeah, terms... he he does the same thing he does in every film. But that's it's acceptable because it's that kind of film, isn't it? You're not going into expecting any of the people to be doing anything wild, are you? No, no. And he's he's suitably Bill Nye, and does Bill Nye, Bill Nye, um, and he <laughs> Nicholas Cage, <laughs> Bill Nye. Um, it, 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 and it and it works fine and and because this isn't a movie that you nearly you really need to pay attention to so the the plot is she works in a fast food place she used to be a very very successful skateboarder but a family tragedy caused her to sort of lose faith in that side of things um so but she sees the opportunity to go and work at a chalet and make make mega dollar um and and takes it and it's got this kind of she's from a from a poor background and everyone else is posh kind of thing going on um this kind of fish out of water vibe um and it's sort of it, it there's very little here that kind of feels out of place and there's very little here that that you won't be expecting if you know what i mean no you you know even though you're quite enjoying the the early few scenes where it is genuinely skewering and having an enjoyable pop at the British class system, that ultimately she's going to fall for a sexy Tory. Yeah, and that's what she does. Yeah, she falls for young Elon Musk. He he's definitely a young Elon. <laughs> um, no, actually he he's got that kind of face where he looks like a period drama wanker. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I don't know about you, but ever since we, I, I I don't think it's suitable to say too much. But since the allegations came out against Ed Westwick, I can't really watch this film in the same way. No, although I believe that very very recently the charges were dropped or it was thrown out of court or whatever. Yes, yeah. But yes, it, I did find that difficult to to reconcile, obviously. But I never thought much of him as an actor, anyway. So it's not it's no, not difficult no. for me. His performance in this is very wooden, and I haven't I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Although I recognised his face, he's uh, best known for Gossip Girl. Ah, um, uh, yes. And apart from that, I I don't really know what else I've seen in him. Seen I him feel in. like that's a show I've seen when I've been flipping channels. I've been and I've been like, oh wow, that's Gossip Girl. Okay, wow, moving on. <laughs> um. And and yeah, even even when I saw it earlier, I always kind of wished that um, 
that Felicity Jones's character Kim uh, ended up with the uh, with the Finnish yeah uh, snowboarder Mickey. He's clearly way more fun. Who was a really fun character? He ends up with with posh ta- uh, Townsend Edgerton, who is you know suitably posh and very nice yes. and gives a, gives a good performance. Yes, and and she she has a very nice character arc in this film, and there's not really a lot of character development for anybody apart from apart from Kim, who overcomes her her sort of grief and her fear based around the grief to go on to win the tournament. Um, spoiler and, alert, and to get the hot Tory. And to get the hot Tory, um, but apart from that, it is really Georgie, who's played by Tamsin Edgerton, um, who who sort of goes somewhere else. So she she goes from wanting to being very sort of class based in her beliefs to then falling for and ending up with Mickey the snowboarder. Yeah, who's um, the, the sort of kooky Finnish guy, and yeah, that's actually the, a more interesting character arc, although it feels perfunctory. It feels like they're doing it just so that everyone can couple up like an episode of Love Island. But, you know, it's it's still more interesting that she would do that and change in that way because that shows you that not everyone is interested in the Tory boy. It could easily have been that like, oh, she's just jealous. She didn't get the guy. OK, well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it is quite nice the way that they do that and they do build it up as well. So throughout the movie, it slowly builds their relationship and it's hinted that there is a prior romance between them and that kind of stuff. Um, and that and that was quite a neat touch. And it was one of those few areas in the film where you, you did sort of like take notice and go, oh, okay, so this is what's going on now. Um, and and yeah, it's, it's a shame because their two characters were quite interesting. Um, and, and they do devote a fair amount of time to them, but maybe it's just because I, I, I hate rich people so much but I have very <laughs> little interest in seeing the rich family. Um, yeah, they're very, very boring and tedious. That all of them, apart from Bill Nye, but apart yeah, the um, the American mother is very very irritate, irritating. Is it the brother, the American guy who is literally just there to say smutty lines and for people yeah, to laugh at him? Yeah, he's there to make penis jokes. Yeah, he has a small penis and can't have sex for very long. This is the funny. La- laugh at the American cuck, ha ha. <laughs> America cuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's not particularly interesting i quite like brooke shields's character i know you said she's irritating and she's she's there as the really she's the main barrier um but also used to be um an air stewardess um it's yeah. it's 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 pointed out the so chris jenner of, story yes it, it, the, it's like a so sort of like an inverse inversion of the class-based barrier that's supposed to be there um and uh and and yeah it's kind of there and you're like okay and 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 let's continue but so rather than really caring about the romance i found myself caring much more about the snowboarding yes the sports part of it is quite good and does build up quite neatly from her being rubbish at it in the first instance to gradually finding her way and getting a little bit of training there could have been i wanted more of it to be honest i had a bit more kind of montages because it seemed to go from her being sort sort of getting on with it, and then suddenly she's quite good, and she's good enough to teach teach the Tory boy how to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite nice seeing all of those kind of scenes, and it also reminds me of um, of those kind of uh, sort of cliche uh, stories about like uh, sort of those teen sports movies of the eighties. 
Yeah. Um, where it's like, we're going to go become totally rad snowboarders and we're going to win the competition and we're going to get the girl and that kind of thing. Um, and, and yeah, it kind of reminded me of that in a, in a, in a nice way. It's quite a comfy little film. Yeah. You feel nice and cosy watching it because it reminds you of lots of other stuff. Jamaica has a bobsleigh team. <laughs> yes. Um, exactly. Cool runnings. Um, that that was a great film. Yeah, it is a it's a, a great movie. We always used um, to end up it was one of those films at high school where it was like when it's the end of term and you'd watch a film, like at least six times out of ten it would be cool runnings. Oh man, I used to, I I used to watch cool runnings all the time. It's a, a a great little film. Is there any romance in that? Can we watch Cool Runnings on this I don't podcast? Know. We, could, we could get away with it, bromance or something. Love, I think... love for sport. Yeah, the love between man and sport. It's a big, <laughs> it's a biggie. But, it, uh, it, but yeah, the snowboarding scenes were enjoyable. Have you ever been skiing slash snowboarding? I have not. I've never been skiing slash snowboarding. Yeah, I I don't want to. Reveal to this podcast that I am a Tory, but I have been skiing a number of times, although not for many, many years. Ah, so you are you are Tory rich man. Yeah, that's totally me. I have dreams of being a rock star, but I have to run my million pound company instead. It's a very, very hard and difficult life. <laughs> it sounds it, Paddy. Yeah. I have to make sure that my workers have tents to live in. You know, it's 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 difficult. You know, I I don't want to be in the helicopter with all the fat guys joking about misogynistic stuff. I want to be out there playing five bar chords in front of a crowd of <laughs> 50 people. Literally tens of people. <laughs> That's the dream, my friend. Where Where would you rather be, Paddy? Would you rather be playing at a ski resort or would you rather be pay- playing in an Irish pub? Depends on the Irish pub. <laughs> if you're there with with um, with Jared Butler, if Jer- if Jared Butler's there, I'd I'd rather be in the ski resort. No, way. no, it's the other way round. No Jared Butler, no deal. <laughs> it's a no deal Butler. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm more of a um, a hard Butler kind of guy, but I won't accept no deal. <laughs> Can we have a Brexit on Jared Butler? Yeah, definitely. A, right. What you mean? A, a very, very close vote that divides the country. Yeah, on as, as if his his very offensive Irish accent didn't didn't do that already. <laughs> I think you are over over analysing how impactful Jared Butler's accent was to the general population. It was it was all that anyone could talk about in the news cycle for weeks. Dave, uh, David Cameron was there saying that, you know, if you want a strong and stable government, you need to vote to keep Jared Butler's Irish accent. David Davis was there, but he hadn't done the reading. No, he was he was talking about ten things I hate about you instead. Yeah, he was well behind the times. He he was he was like, um, oh, I, I you know this film that they're talking about is disgraceful. You know, all of these men wearing capes, kicking people down holes and screaming about Sparta. <laughs> yeah. Ch- children are going to be affected by this. Won't somebody please think of the children? <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Well, anyway, I have been skiing 
Um, and I've never, I've never snowboarded, but always thought it looked like quite good fun. And skiing is actually incredibly good fun and very, very good. And there's definitely a very, there's a classist perception of it as being a sort of more um, upper middle class thing. But you can do it relatively cheaply if you do it right. Some places in Europe are quite are quite cheap, and it's it's really really good fun. I'd highly I'd highly recommend it to anyone. Oh, cool! I will have to check it out. And this film it gets it pretty much. It's pretty accurate. You know, most of the people I think trained well to do their scenes where where they did do them. Obviously, there were stunt doubles for some of the craziest stuff, but yeah, most people seem to do all right at it. And it it gets the the skiing and the chalet life quite well, although. I, I having been to the odd chalet here and there, that you very, very rarely get a chalet with a staff of two for that that lower number of guests. But you know they're very, very rich. So there you go. Yeah, I I think the the idea is that they are just the richest people in the world, aren't they? Yeah, of course, because he's it's like he they might as well have just made him a prince. Why didn't they just make him a prince? If it was a Netflix original film now, if it was made like five to six years later, it would have been a Netflix original film and he would have been a prince. Um, it should have been called Chalet Prince. Chalet Prince. Yeah. <laughs> Chalet Le Prince. But no, it definitely has um, it has the vibe of a Netflix original film, doesn't it? And definitely would have been one. Instead of having to have a cinematic release where I, I gather that it didn't do brilliantly at the box office, you know, whereas the return on it being a Netflix original film might have been a better business model. So I'm glad that that exists now. And this is a good example of the kind of films that presaged, you know, films like A Christmas Prince. Yeah, um, I think this movie it did very poorly when it first came out i think it only made back about half of its budget um but it's gone on to become something of a cult classic and i and i know quite a lot of people that have seen this movie and that kind of enjoy it um and and it's quite interesting that it's managed to go through that and i wonder i wonder what's caused it to become such a cult classic because it's not it, it it's not at that sort of period of time that kind of hits those nostalgia buttons for people either because it is quite a recent movie it's only what eight years old seven years old yes they're, they're potentially there's potentially a demographic of people who might have seen this in their early teens and who are now in their you know late teens to early 20s perhaps who have nostalgia for that formative period of time but no i think it's because of the cast and because of where the cast are now um, especially Felicity Jones, because this is the first thing that I ever saw her in. But then actually when I saw her in Rogue One, I didn't even really make the connection. I was just like, yeah, it's her. She's cool. Why not? Yeah, because it's a very different performance from her to what she's known for now. Um, so you look at things like Rogue One and you look at uh, like the theory of everything, for instance. Yeah, um, which I realise is in some ways problematic, but I did enjoy it. Is it that problematic? I don't know. I think people seem to have a problem with a non-disabled person playing a disabled person on screen. But I I don't necessarily if they can do it well and it was done well. I, I think the, the fact that it shows him going through it from pre-diagnosis as well, I, I, I think it was required. Yeah. Um, and and I think he did it very well, and I think they did it in a very um, careful manner. Yeah, I mean, I I would like to read some criticism or hear from somebody who 
is disabled or can speak for the way that the disease was represented because obviously as non-disabled people we we can't approach it from that angle so i'd be interested to hear but i I recall there being some criticism of it and of it from the representation angle i think so yeah because i don't remember seeing any of that when it came out i remember reading one or two things they may have just been tweets it might have just been shit posting because i know the um the the main criticism i saw of it was the way that they said that um it was a disservice to Jane um, and that it didn't tell us everything about Stephen Hawking and his more uh, sort of like violent tendencies and things like that, sort of like verbal abuse and things, um, which which I think is another matter entirely. Um, but it was made very much with, with Jane involved in the production as well, I believe. Yes, so I hear. And obviously, yeah, as as they ended up divorced and he then married his nurse, it was kind of a strange situation. Yes, yeah. But I thought her performance in that was very good. Yes, yeah, no, she's fantastic in it. Um, uh, yeah, it's a really, it's a really great movie. Um, fantastic performances all round, and and she's she's possibly the standout as well. Yeah, um, I'd agree. And again, playing someone through all those various stages of life is quite a challenge. It's not the same as playing someone through the various stages of a ski season. What's that? What's that? Sorry. It's not the same challenge as playing someone through the various stages of a ski season. <laughs> no, no, not entirely. Um, which, you know, there, there's 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 a very different set of challenges in Chalet Girl. Um, yeah. But primarily on being how gnarly you can get down the yeah. mountain. It was, and it was pretty gnarly. It, it is pretty, pretty damn gnarly, I have to say. Although the the snowboarding competition thing that they that they do, they get to practice on the course, and then that's the same course that it is on both rounds of the um, tournament thing. You think there'd at least be like two different courses or something? Yeah, maybe they should go down for the real thing. I mean, this should have been even closer to those eighties sort of sports movies and they should have had the real challenge at the end being going down the death slope or something like that yeah with elon musk chasing you at the flamethrower coming behind you <laughs> gotta go down widow's peak yeah every year at least five riders die but that's the power of this challenge yeah. that kind of you want to win twenty five thousand dollars don't you what are you scared <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I love how the currency was in dollars, even though they're in Austria. Um, yeah. Well, you you want you want you want twenty five thousand marks? Of course you don't. You want the dollars? Is Austria not in the euro? I don't know if it was at this at this time in twenty eleven. Oh, it was twenty eleven in the euro it? in twenty eleven. Probably. I think they should have done it in marks anyway. They cut. Just for the, just for, for the, the lols, Karl Marx. <laughs> Karl Marx. <laughs> See, that's the thing. This 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 film keeps throwing me out because I keep thinking that it's an older movie than it actually is. It just feels so old, and yeah, it really it really illustrates old, the, the divide and the how far filmmaking has come in the past seven years, and how much it has been affected affected by netflix and film on demand and that kind of thing and how much filmmaking has come on and how much all of the cast have come on as well with of course the exception of bill nye who remains bill nye 
but I think I think even for um, even for the time, it feels a bit ancient, though. Yeah, I mean think? the the humor is somewhat dated. It's it's British, and you can tell that it's British, and that I think makes it feel a bit dated. Does, do you know what I mean by that? There's a there's yeah, a there's a British there's a sort of low rent Britishness to it that's the same as when you watch British sitcoms from like the 60s the 70s and the 80s and you you look back and go oh, is this good is this what people used to laugh at like <laughs> i'm glad you said that paddy because i um i don't care for a lot of british comedy like like the classic british comedies i watch and lots of people are like oh it's the funniest thing in the world and i like, oh, no no it re- it really is not people think that because of the british psyche because it's so ingrained in the british that we are so good and we're so good at everything and leaders of the world and yada 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 when actually as i said the other day when we were talking about how i compared us to canada and i said canada is a young nation looking to the looking to the future and we are an old nation looking to the past and that i think the so much of british comedy actually has to do with that but there's some british comedy that is fantastic but yeah a lot of the classic stuff i can't be asked with yeah, no, like uh, lots of people say about Only Fools and Horses being it know, can very much get in the, the funniest thing in the world. It's not. It's not. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, the jokes are always very, very cheap and silly. Yeah, it's just not very funny. Um, sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but um, but the humor in Chalet Girl isn't as cheap as that. Some of it is quite cheap, but bits of it do make you laugh. But I think it's tonally similar that makes sense yeah yeah i know what you mean because the you know the the atmosphere of it is is similar it feels like those kind of things are influences but it still manages to have enough sort of peppy rom-com charm to carry it through and good performances from the characters working with a you know a lumpen script but an enjoyable premise yeah yeah it's 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 a it's a movie that charms you it's it's a film that feels nice to watch that it's got competent performances from most of the cast um and you you're rooting for them i think is the main thing and they, so often in, they know how to give you something to root for we'll yeah, give them and, that. And, and and so often in in these kind of movies they um they they kind of forget to do that and they for, forget to make you root for the main characters, um, but here they really do. And you, and you really, sh- she's a very likable person, Kim. I said that last week about four weddings and a funeral, didn't I? I said well, there's no point at which we're given a reason to root for Hugh Grant's character. Yes, yeah, uh, and this is the opposite, where you're given all the reasons. She's she's both funny and and likable. Yeah, um, she's she got the tragic genuine... past thing that isn't overdone you know it's... yes yeah it's, it's not overbearing yeah. in the slightest the way that they treat it and in fact you don't really know about it having an impact until about two-thirds of the way through the movie yeah although of course we know that bill bailey's eating beans on toast all the time so there's that tragic angle as well it is it's true <laughs> do you think his character voted for brexit uh, no no yeah, he, he did not vote for Brexit. He did. He did use the two world wars and one World Cup line. He did, um, but I feel as though some of that was done ironically. 
Um, it is hinted at the end that he's going to start a romantic relationship with a black woman, which is very un-Brexit. That's true, actually. Yeah, that's good. Um, not to say that, you know, that doesn't happen with some Brexit voters, because Brexit voters was a large different lot of demographic, but we all know who the gammon are. Yeah, he's not He's not a gammon. I just wondered no. if he was on the gammon line because he said... To... <laughs> Is that the new new addition to the underground, Paddy? Yeah, the gammon line. The gammon line. Yeah. Take Takes you from the small villages where the gammons live to other small villages where other gammons live. <laughs> Without passing through the centre of London where they might see a Muslim. Oh dear. Um, but yeah, Bill Bailey's performance, as you say, is competent. It's Bill Bailey doing Bill Bailey. Yeah, he's being Bill Bailey. He's not being the wacky side of Bill Bailey. No, he should have done. A, he should have done a bit more, to be honest. It should have been like Black Books. Yes, yeah, he should have been a little bit. He's a bit sad. He's a bit. He's a bit down in the dumps. Yeah, but again, he doesn't overdo the tragic element. It's always like. You you see, it's it's a good kind of visual versus audio thing where he says that he's fine and t- you like, but you see that he's on his like fiftieth plate of beans and he hasn't done the washing up, but she's not seeing it, but you as the viewer are seeing it. That's actually it's kind of well done, and there's only a couple of scenes where that's a thing really, so it gives you pause, but it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't push the the tragic angle of it too much, which it easily could have gone down that road, and there, there wasn't an there was a bit of an emotional dad speech though, wasn't there? There was, yeah. There was a nice little. There was a nice little um, dad speech. Yeah. Here, it wasn't quite up to the standards of some of the other movies that we've seen, but it was definitely there, and you do you do feel it. It. Nort Hour Twenty did not have baseball metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> he did not complain about being left on the bench. <laughs> Nort Hour Twenty, no baseball. Was there any kind of sports metaphor that he used? No. And he he just said it's what her mum would have wanted, which was kind of nice in a way. That like nothing more than that need to be needed to be said. Although yeah, I suppose because the movie is entirely about a sport. Yeah, but there there weren't enough kind of clumsy metaphors where they have tried to apply the lessons from the sport to other things. I wanted a bit of that. Yes, yeah, that would have been good. That would have been good. Or um or or do a complete inverse where um where he's pepping her up for her um for her her sporting event and he's using using a metaphor about relationships and romance yeah um that would be nice come on come on movie yeah movie you you just got that part wrong you know (laughs) yeah you just needed a few a few more crazy montages a few, few more of like Mickey being the the harsh trainer. A few more like I can't do it. Yes, you can. Kind of manly, manly things instead of the party where she jumps out of the um, jumps out of the hot tub in the nude. And of course, the rich, the rich folks are driving up at that point. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. But nobody drew a moustache on the Picasso, so it's okay. <laughs> that is the important thing. It would have been over if that had happened. Yeah. So yeah, that that side of it is quite fun. All the the peripheral characters are quite fun. There's a sort of a sort of older sportsman figure in it. Is it Tara, the older snowboarder who's trying to make a comeback by 
having drugs jabbed into her bottom, which is quite funny. Oh yes, yeah. It's um, what what is it that she's being jabbed with? Is it a? Uh, it's it's hinted that it's a potentially like performance enhancing bum jab. Yeah, she says that it's legal, but do we believe her? Yeah, maybe she's maybe she's uh but it but it's by um she the the the, the person Tara is 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 Tara uh Dakides who is a snowboarding champion. Oh, she's a real she's snowboarding champion. She's a real champion. snowboarding champ. I did not know that. I do not know much about snowboarding. I was disappointed not to see Sean White in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, the snowboarder is, from the, the snowboarder that, that everybody like knows. What 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 film was he in? Oh, it everybody was, knows um, apart from me. It was um, Friends with Benefits, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, where he played an angry version of himself. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a furious version of himself. Yeah, yeah. I want more films where. They do like it's like sports journalism, but they're interviewing and like having fun with real players. Basically, I want a, a like a romance film with sports journalist and a baseball player, where it's like it's they use real players and stuff. That would be nice. I I do like it when you get those cameos of um of real sports people. There's that um there's that rather unfortunate one now in um in Dodgeball, a true underdog story, where um. <laughs> where uh, Vince Vaughn is at the bar and he's about to leave and not take part in the final of the tournament and then Lance Armstrong rocks up and talks <laughs> about how great it was that he managed to win the Tour de France however many times and now you watch back and be like hmm, was it just hearts that led you all the way to those victories, Lance? I don't know. I wonder so. what he was getting pumped into his buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that deleted scene from Dodgeball you just see him like putting a huge Syringe into Vince Vaughn's bum. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah, that that that's how he manages to win at the end. He's been dosed up with steroids. I have not watched dodgeball in a long time. It's still funny. Yeah, yeah, it's got that same thing as Anchorman, where it's maintained its comedy. Yeah, it's him and Ben Stiller, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Again, I feel like Ben Stiller is misunderstood. I feel like he's done a lot of quite good stuff. And people only remember the silly stuff. Well, my one of my favourite things that Ben Stiller's been involved in is the Cable Guy, the Jim Carrey movie that everybody seems to hate, um, which which I really like. And it was directed by Ben Stiller, and he's got this kind of cameo in the movie. There's this ongoing discussion on televisions about someone who I think he murdered his brother or something like that, um, and it's the court case that's on TV. Um, and it's a really sort of it's a very dark comedy about this um, uh, about this obsessive cable installer by played by Jim Carrey who who starts up a friendship with Matthew Broderick Matthew Broderick having paid for illegal cable um, yeah. and it's a really funny dark movie about kind of about the relationship between people and television um, and uh, and it's got some great scenes in it but it, it tanked very badly. <laughs> Um, in the end, um, and it's kind of seen as this as, as this black mark on the career of Jim Carrey. Although I think it's still, I don't think it lost money. I think it made back everything in the end. I I feel like that has come around, and people are willing to give it the time of day again. Now I think again it's become a bit of a cult film. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, but at the time, it was it was very disliked by people. Yeah, yeah, people wanted more silly Ace Ventura nonsense, didn't they? 
They did, yes. And and they did not get that <laughs> at all. Yeah. How did we get onto Jim Carrey? Oh, Dodgeball, Lance Armstrong. Yeah, there's there's a there's a thread there. <laughs> um do you, do you have anything else to say about Chalet Girl? Um let me see. I wrote down emotional yeti moment but i can't remember what that means oh that's the the yeti is the mysterious skier who no one knows who oh he is. he's the, the shop man yes yeah yeah and they they see him she sees him in the morning and then that's where she has a little cry and then yeah he yeah he shows her how to snowboard down the mountain that was a nice moment it was a nice moment yeah and, there, and there's lots of little nice moments in this movie i'd say the weakest part of the movie is the romance yes i'd agree and the rest the, of it is much stronger Westbrook's character is in, intolerably bad and very irritating and smug and you, you're not sure why she goes for him really other than that he's sort of rich and floaty and their their relationship is not developed enough at all. Um, also, he's a, a dickhead who, of... who leaves his fiance and cheats on his fiance. Yeah, he's a, so he's a enjoyable when he gets punched. Yes, yes. Um, he, yeah. He's a wrong'un. Similar to um, Four Weddings and a Funeral as well. Hugh Grant got punched in that as well yes. for doing a jilting. Yes. So at least these these films always do seem to have a sense of justice about, about the jilt, don't they? Yeah, although less so in with Andy McDowell's character in Four Weddings and a Funeral, who kind of just, you know, she cheats on her fiancé and then they split up and they don't really show any ramifications for that whatsoever. Everything works out for her and Hugh Grant, though. So, yes. so everything's fine. That's the Tory way, you know. <laughs> That's fine for me. So it doesn't it's matter fine. if it doesn't affects matter, anyone else. It doesn't else. matter for anybody else. Um, yeah. But yes, it's a, it's a, yeah. The, the the relationships in this movie aren't great. It's all about it's all about the winning the snowboarding. Uh, there's a, a distinct lack of excellent montage to eighties music. There's a fair few snowboarding montages, but they're all to like pop punk and indie rock and things. All like of the. That. Pretty much all of the music is from kind of English bands around that time, isn't it? It is, yeah. They've got that um, uh, that excellent Paloma Faith song. Um, There's a lot of... Um, I don't like that song. You don't like that song? No. I've, something about it grates on me. I don't like Paloma Faith. How something bloody about her music. You. Not as a person. She seems like a nice person, but her music seems very... It just, it just grates on me. It seems very sort of self-conscious. I like it. I, 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 yeah, I think not her stuff is good. She's a good one nah. in my books. Yeah, but then there's. It also seems to have a lot of scouting for girls, and in a way, I I feel like this film perhaps is the movie equivalent of scouting for girls, isn't it? It's British and cheesy and silly, and you should hate it, but somehow it's catchy and it draws you in. I would agree with that, apart from I despise scouting for girls, and they have yeah. never drawn me in. The only way they draw me in is if I had a flamethrower, and they were in a room <laughs> without any windows. All right, Elon. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't no, know. That's the thing. I know that they're terrible, but occasionally a song comes on the radio and I'm like, oh, what's this? This is all right. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I have, I have no time for them. One of the worst band names of all time. Yeah, an awful name. An awful name for a band. What's worse, Scouting for you... Girls or Catfish in the Bottle, man? Oh, God. Don't make me choose. It's Sophie's choice. <laughs> um well let's 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 do a deep dive on this scouting for girls it's supposed to be like scout scouting as in like boy scouts for girls so like girl guides not 
scouting for girls, like looking for girls like a pervert, but it, that's exactly what it sounds like. And that's what everyone thinks. So it sounds, it just sounds weird and pervy and strange. Whereas Catfish and the Bottleman is named after a thing that is meaningful to the singer, but means nothing to anyone else and just sounds like a non sequitur and sounds stupid. So I don't know which of those two things is worse in your mind. See, I'd say, I'd say that Catfish and the Bottleman is worse. Yes, um, I, I think scout, I have to agree. Actually, scouting because... for girls, if it didn't have the negative connotations of "oh, we're going to be scouting for girls, mate," it would be a it would be a kind of cute little indie name. Are you on Love Island? Oh, I am on Love Island. I'm I'm Donny Dyer. I'm going to be on the next series. <laughs> Donny Darko. <laughs> Donny Darko. <laughs> Can someone do Danny Darko? Where it's Danny Dyer. Pl- playing jake gyllenhaal's character in donnie darko which danny dyer the 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 one who believes in ufos not the one who's on love island probably both possibly both of them actually can someone ask anyone who knows danny dyer with an i can you ask her if she believes in ufos like her father yeah um have you ever seen danny dyer in ufos no. It's this phenomenal little documentary when he did his little documentary series um, where he says, I oh, don't believe in UFOs. That's a load of rubbish, mate. And then he goes around and speaks to UFO nuts. And then by the end, he's like, oh, my God, it's opened my eyes. I'm Danny Dyer and I believe in UFOs. <laughs> I love Danny Dyer. I've I got love a real Danny soft Dyer. spot he's for him. I think, I think he's wonderful. Um, we published his autobiography and everyone who worked on it said he was a very nice man. I have heard that. I've heard that he's a very pleasant individual. Yeah. <laughs> and he also did a tweet on the anniversary of 9-11 saying, can't believe it's been 10 years since them slags smashed into the Twin, twin Towers. <laughs> still, still does my nut in thinking about it to this very day. <laughs> Which is one of the all-time... That, that's like top five tweet. Like one of the top five best tweets of all time. Alongside Richard Dawkins's tweet about a dog and bitch engaging in full sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there is that certain tier of tweets, isn't there? Um, the god, the god tier, god tier of tweeting. Obviously, Ed Ball. Ironic for Richard Dawkins, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> the god tweet delusion. <laughs> that's that's going to be my book about tweets. <laughs> Oh, yeah, dear. I hope that Danny Dyer Jr. wins Love Island because she seems very nice as well. Yes. Chip off, the old, chip off the old block. Yes, they seem like thoroughly pleasant people all round. Yeah, but I would like Danny Dyer Sr. to, to do a, a documentary on flat earthers and be like, go around to all the conventions and talk to all the like, American flat earth nuts and stuff. Oh, that would I, be that, I think that would be a fascinating show. I'd really like to see our main man, Louis Theroux, do flat earthers. Yeah, um, it seems like... I'm surprised that that hasn't happened already. Well, he's kind of become... He's gone into more serious subject matter recently. Um, he's done Are you a lot saying in, that Flat Earth isn't serious? I mean, obviously, it is the ultimate truth and should be taken with utmost seriousness. Um, the Earth is flat, everyone. Please ignore science forever yeah. and believe a bunch of wackos who live in the desert. Um, hashtag research Flat Earth. <laughs> hashtag research Flat Earth. Prove um, to me now that the Earth is round. It's been a it's you been can't. a it's been a long time since we had a bit of flat Earth chat on the podcast. <laughs> actually, Paddy, yeah, hasn't it? So we, 
this basically used to be a flat earth podcast it did yeah somewhere along the way we got lost and started talking about romantic films <laughs> um yeah it's uh yeah i but louis through he does a lot of stuff in like prisons and things like that and to do with drug reform he's gone a bit down the more serious route whereas obviously when he was doing weird weekends and things like that flat earthers would have been absolutely down his street yeah down his flat street all streets are flat exactly and what is the earth but a collection of streets go to your window look out there and look at the horizon is it curving no exactly prove to us that the earth is is round (laughs) dear listeners please prove to us that the earth is round (laughs) you can't do it earth is flat that's proof yeah um danny dyer should have been in shelley girl i don't know where but he should have been the dad actually shouldn't he oh never mind bill Bill bailey i mean i do i do love i do love the bales the bales of hay but yeah danny's eye would have been great as the dad missed opportunity right there yeah he should do more films he should do a bunch of films like this he should, yeah. He's done a lot of silly, um, silly action horror movies and like horror comedies. Um, he was in Severance, I think it was. I saw that film in the cinema, and I actually quite enjoyed it's it. It's a good film. It's a fun little movie. Um, it's a, a for people who haven't seen it. It's about a sort of away trip, um, like a, t- a team building exercise in the middle of the mountains. Uh, but then it turns into a slasher movie as all of the people on the away trip are hunted down. <laughs> it's um, it's yeah, it's a good one. Um, who, who wouldn't want to build teams with Danny Dyer? Well, exactly. Um, he's also in um, oh, what was it called? Uh, Doghouse, I think it was. Um, where um where they go away on a on a retreat because one of them's just got divorced it's like a lad's holiday but it turns out that all the women in the little village there have been infected by this like werewolf virus and they turn into like dog monsters it's um it's very silly um as you'd expect cool um yeah so shall i go yeah i don't have much else to say i think other than that yeah it's it's a film that is quite silly quite amiable it's it's a bit of amiable english fluff isn't it exactly yeah that's precisely what it is you you can't hate it you can't love it it's yeah it's it's all right yes the di- the director phil trail seems to have a history of making nonsense <laughs> well, he's done a lot of he's done a lot of television um, yeah phil trail he worked on the TV series of Ten Things I Hate About You, which I have not seen. No, I haven't seen that either. But he, he he's worked on The Middle, which is a decent enough show. Um, he did Fresh Off the Boat, which I've heard is quite funny. Um, and um, and yeah, lots of those kind of comedies. It says on Wikipedia that he directed a film prior to Chalet Girl called All About Steve, which was nominated for a Razzie for Worst Director. Yeah. You know that The Shining was nominated for Razzies. Really? Yeah. The Razzies don't know shit, mate. They can get in the bin. That's a shame. Yeah. We need to have like a reliable bad film rating thing. But that could never exist, could it? No, no. Um, I mean, are you suggesting that Rotten Tomatoes is not 100% accurate? 
No, Rotten Tomatoes is absolutely accurate every single time. <laughs> well, let's let's. I'm just just as a, a litmus test. I'm just going to check what the Bridges of Madison County got on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see. Bridges of Madison County, 1995. Tomato certified fresh, 89%. Oh yeah. See, because the thing that annoys me about Rotten Tomatoes is that people see certified fresh and they see whatever that percentage is, but that's not the percentage overall of the score of the film. That's whether it was seen as a 5 out of 10 or a 4 out of 10, or a 6 out of 10 or a 4 out of 10, that kind of thing. Um that's just a tally of how many positives that reviews there are versus how many negative reviews. Yeah. And then um, well, then you've got the audience score, which is 87% liked it. Average rating, 3.6 out of 5. Yeah. Again, the public are idiots. <laughs> Critics consensus. Sentimental, slow, schmaltzy, and very satisfying. <laughs> the Bridges of Madison County finds Clint Eastwood adapting a bestseller with heft, wit, and grace. Correct. Heft is one of the worst words in the English language, don't you think? It's not. It's not a good word, is it? It's not. No. How is your day? Hefty. <laughs> See, I don't mind hefty. Hefty is fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but if you read if you read it in a book, you're always like, "What? He did. He said his words with heft. What? It's like gal. Yeah. Just get in the bin. People who use the word heft." You're yeah. the worst. I bet you vote for Brexit, people who say the word heft. Heft off. <laughs> Get out. Um so so how are we going to score uh score this movie? Let's see. Um how many how many times do you need to go down the practice slope before you can attempt the the slope of death in the in the uh Widow's Peak competition. <laughs> Widow's, Peak Widow, Widow's Peak Roxy competition, sponsored um, by Roxy. Did you know it was sponsored by Roxy? <laughs> Roxy. <laughs> Roxy um, must have paid for like half of this film because everything they were wearing was Roxy. I um, I will give it a twelve out of twenty. Um, two of those points are the fact that it had the T four presenters at the beginning. Yep. Um, fair play. Makita, what's her face, and the girl and a with the weirdly chin. small crop. Did your did you watch it on Netflix? Or it had like a really strange small crop on that bit. Yes, yeah, and I think that's probably to do with the different resolutions that were being used at tele- in television at the time. So I think all of the standard television was in four three, whereas obviously movies are 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 your standard widescreen. Um, and it's only recently that all television has moved towards the widescreen format. And so that's, I yeah. think, why. But they could have just had it at least fill on the height and then have black bars on the sides or whatever. But it was like really weirdly tiny in the middle of the screen. Yes, it's very odd, isn't it? It's a really yeah. strange one. Um, while, while the T4 presenters told the plot to each other. <laughs> yes, they, the T4 were on exposition duty at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Um, but fair play. It was nice to see them. There's a little bit of nice reminiscing about and it was nicely bookended when they appeared at the end of she appeared at the end of the film on T4 as well. Yes, yeah. Um but yeah, so 12 out of 20 for me. It's a nice little movie. Felicity Jones is great. Um and, you know, it's a nice little cozy film. Yeah, I am going to give it a 12 as well. 
There we go. Oh, consensus. We're on the it's same page. It's been a page. long time since we've had absolute consensus. It has, actually, yeah. I wonder when the last time was. I'll look it up. But before I do, I just want to share with you a, a, a negative review of the Bridges of Madison County from Christopher Null at filmcritic.com. It sounds like he just didn't have his surname in the field. He didn't put it in, so it just said Null. Um, the review is utter pap, redeemed only by the professionalism of its stars in substandard material. I don't like you, Christopher Null. You can get in the bin. <laughs> I like you. Get out of the bin. <laughs> That's, is that what you say to someone who's good now? Get, get out, out of, of the, the bin. bin. Yeah. Get out of the bin. Right. I've got to sort these. Right. Baywatch is still the lowest, lowest score. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to beat Average it. score, 3.5. That yeah. really is quite terrible. That That's never going to get... Hard, that nothing's going to beat that for the bottom spot surely no it's got to be the lowest of all time for us we really i i think well for me ps i love you almost got there but um yeah okay i i i I ain't hearing that nonsense there's no there's no comparison between baywatch and ps i love you yeah Although, oh, okay, the last time we had a consensus actually wasn't that long ago, which was Set It Up, episode 61. We both gave oh, it a, four, a 14. There we go. See, the, these kind of films were more, um, we tend to align on, don't we? Life Partners, we both gave 16. Um, God's Own Country, we both gave 17. Yeah, there, there are a few, a few consensi in there. Excellent. Is that is that the right word? Consensi? Consensi. Cons- yeah, consensi. We'll yeah. go with it. Yeah. No, what we we really need a terrible film that's gonna really divide us. <laughs> I might have to, I might I should change my choice. Because I I don't know, I had I had a good one lined up. I think it's a it's a, a good and competent film. I don't know if maybe I should try and find something that's gonna be really awful. But Um I have already watched some of your next choice, Paddy. Yeah. So so don't <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We are going to be watching the Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. Clint Eastwood crying in the rain. Two, cl- two Clint, two crying. <laughs> the Bridges of Madison County, Vermont Drift. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we're going to be watching Sleepless in Seattle. Yes, Very good. Indeed. It's been a while since we've done Anora Ephron. Been a while since we've done this kind of film. Um, yeah, I like it. I've seen it a few times, but it's always worth revisiting. I won't say too much more, obviously, but yeah, that's a, that's a nice one, I think. Yes, it's going to be nice. Cool. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, uh, there wasn't really much interesting trivia for Chalet Girl, um, so I no, I think we give covered it a it. skip. Um, but did you know that snowboarding is really cool? Yeah. Snowboarding that's is incredibly cool. That's my trivia. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really nice to see. It's like it's one of the coolest things anybody can do. Oh, no, actually, the, cool, I... the coolest person in the world would be um, Prince. Prince and Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth taking part in a snowboarding competition whilst they played guitar or bass. That would be the coolest thing in existence. I, I would pay good money to see that, especially as Prince would have to be reanimated. <laughs> yes. Um Cyborg Prince versus Kim Gordon. Yeah. 
snowboarding down a mountain. Coming soon to Netflix, A Cyborg Prince. (laughs) I'd pay good money to watch that. In fact, Netflix, hit us up. We will make A Cyborg Prince for you. Yeah. It's like like Robocop, except it's Prince and he's a cop. (laughs) Blade Runner. Blade Runner (laughs) meets a Christmas prince. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the, the, the kind of the, film that we deserve. The Blade Runner is sent to hunt down the robots, but instead he falls for the robots <laughs> because the robot happens to be a princess in Robot Land. There you go. The shit writes itself. There, there we go. It's sorted out. Entirely sorted out. We've got your you've, we've got your treatment right there, guys. Sorted. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Well, let's le- let's leave it there. And we should be back next week to talk about Sleepless in Seattle and a cyborg prince. Purple robot rain. Purple robot rain. There you go. Do Android stream of electric rain. <laughs> the penultimate prince. <laughs> we could okay. we could go on with this. Okay, let's stop. Let's stop. Let's stop. <laughs> Let's stop. All right. Um, Thanks as always for tuning in. This has been the Big Boys Don't Cry podcast. Um, As we always say, if you if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or a review if you haven't already on iTunes or any other platform. There's probably you can probably rate it all over the place. It'd be really really nice. Just help to you know climb up the charts, get a few more listeners, that kind of thing. Um, Always very very much appreciated. Um, And you can email us at bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail dot com. Drop us a tweet at bigboysdon'tpod. Always love to hear from you. Yes, let us know if you've ever snowboarded. Um, what did you think of the Wombats? Yeah. What do you think is the worst indie band name? Is your let name Sean White? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right, bye. <laughs>